Welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome to City View Church. I am so glad you decided to join us today. And you know, I, I have up here on stage with me something that you never really realize you need it until you need it, and that is a compressor. And you, you normally find out you need that the moment you go out to your car and you realize your tire is flat. I don't know how many of you have ever walked out to that moment where you're getting ready, you're in a rush. It's never like you've got an extra hour before you have to get to work or your kid's somewhere. It's always when you're on your way somewhere, you're in a hurry, you need to get there in a matter of five minutes because you're already 15 minutes late. You're rushing out the door and you go and all of a sudden you call and you go, my tire's flat. And you, you just think, well, what do I have? And there's that moment in many of our lives where we look going, I have nothing to blow my tire up with. And you feel stranded, you feel helpless, you feel hopeless, and all of a sudden then you realize, I need a compressor. Have any, any of you ever been there in your life where you are at that moment where you realize you don't have the very thing that you need and you need to find it, so you rush to the nearest QT or Fry's. If you go to Fry's, you realize they charge you money for their free air. <clears throat> You go to QT, it's free there. You just make it work. You see, the nice thing about a compressor is once it's full of air, then you can do what you need with it, and you just let it go. But here's the thing. As a compressor is used, it has to be refilled. You see, our life is the exact same way. And that's taken a lot longer than the last time when I did it earlier this morning. But that's okay. You see, our life is the same way. The more we are used, the more we go out, the more we do things in life, we start emptying our tanks. And we start running out. You see, if we want to have an abundant life, an abundant life is only found when it's plugged into the source. You see, this compressor is only as good as the power it's plugged into. The moment I unplug it, it has a limited amount of air, and then it becomes useless. And many of us are living our lives unplugged and empty. We're in our marriages, we're in our families, we're at our workplaces, we're doing life, and we are unplugged and empty. So if we want to live an abundant life, today I'm taking you on a journey on how can we live an abundant life. Well, one, you got to get plugged in. Abundant lives are only found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that we can have an abundant life in you and Jesus. I ask that you would fill this room, that your Holy Spirit would be present, would have the freedom to move in each of our lives, whether we are far from you, we are forced to come, or whether we are coming empty as can be. Jesus, meet us right here. And Lord, I pray for churches all over the valley today as they are each coming. There are people coming for their very first time to church and some are coming empty to church. Jesus, I ask that you'd meet them whether they're at CCV, whether they are at at North Valley, um, or maybe, Lord, they're at Calvary Community or Cross Church. Lord, no matter where your people are, I ask that you would meet them in a special way. Meet us here at City View Church. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, 
amen, amen. Well, hey, good morning and welcome to City View Church. I'm so glad you decided to come and you make this your church and hopefully your church home. If this is your first time, maybe you'll, you'll stick around. You'll realize this is a pretty nice place to be. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're in the middle of a series. We're going through the book of Mark. And we're taking it pieces at a time. We're not going through the traditional way. We're, we're not going from the beginning to end. We're sort of, I've taken the whole book and I've, and I've done it in, in chunks where we looked at the first, the overarching idea of this, how Jesus was no ordinary man. He was no ordinary man. He was not the typical person that walked on earth. And, and what we've done is we've, we've taken the whole book. We're going to end up going through the whole book, but we've broken it into these sections. We, we looked at how he had no ordinary love. We looked at how he had no ordinary mission. We looked at how he ministered to no ordinary people and how he used no ordinary people and a whole bunch of other things, which I cannot remember right now, and today we're entering this, this new thought of he had no ordinary message. And this morning we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 10, a chapter on marriage and divorce. And I know that we have people in here today where maybe you, are, you've, you have been divorced and you're, you, you have that in your past. And anytime church talks about it, you, you sit in a place maybe of guilt and shame. I don't want you to sit in that seat today. There's grace, always grace. Jesus has grace for each and every one of our lives. So I don't want you to sit in that place thinking, I messed up, God, can you still use me? Know that he still uses you, yes, and he doesn't put you on the shelf, okay? So I want you to know that today. Now I am gonna say things about marriage that for some of you, you may not agree with, you may not like, you may disagree with me, you may think, Jeremiah, that's old school. I'm just taking us to the school of Jesus today. So if you disagree, you can take it up with him later on and you're more than welcome to come and talk to me, but that we are gonna talk about marriage and divorce, but really we're gonna be talking about an abundant life. That's where we're landing. So maybe you're like, I'm not married, Jeremiah, I'm single. Here's the thing. I'm, our whole thing, my whole sermon today is a journey on an abundant life. Mark chapter 10, verse 1. Getting up, Jesus went from there to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds gathered around him again. And according, and according to his custom, that means what Jesus normally did, he once again began to teach them. And some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him. Have you ever had that moment where somebody's just asking you a question just to get under your skin? Any of you ever been there? Yeah. Testing him. And they began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. And Jesus answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? And they said, well, Moses said that a, that a man is permitted to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. But Jesus said to them, because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote this commandment. But it was from the beginning of creation. Jesus says that God made them male and female. Remember, God did that. Made people male and female. There's no other options. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And then in the house, the disciples began questioning Jesus about this. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another 
commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another, she committed, is committing adultery. This is one of many places where Jesus speaks on, has a message regarding marriage and divorce. These guys are trying to trap Jesus in this conversation, in this Old Testament place where they're speaking of Moses. Now, now let me say some things. I understand that there are marriages and relationships where, where things happen, and Jesus identifies these things where, where there's, this, there's a moment where safety or different things are, are at risk in your own life or where there's abuse. I, I understand those things. I'm not discrediting any of those things. So I am, I'm not going to go into every single situation where, well, Jeremiah, what about this? I'm right now, I'm going to teach through having an abundant life. Because Jesus desires all of us to have an abundant life. So don't tune me out if you're like, I am already too filthy. Don't tune me out. Because Jesus never wants to leave us there. He wants, always wants to take us from the pit of hell to the throne room of grace. That's his hope, okay? So these guys are trying to trap Jesus. And they say, it says that, it actually says Mark, and, and remember Mark is writing from Peter's perspective, and so Peter is telling Mark the story, and Peter goes, and Mark, okay, these guys, they just wanted to trap Jesus. They just wanted to get him. They just wanted to make Jesus look like a fool. That, so so you can, if you can picture Peter, Peter's like this in charge, control kind of guy, and he's probably getting ticked off right now as he's telling the story. And then Jesus says in verse 5, he says, because of the hardness of your hearts. He's not just referring to the hardness of the hearts of the people who, who put God into question back in the Old Testament. Jesus is referring to the hardness of the hearts of the people in front of him in that moment right now. And he says, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses wrote this. Jesus is saying, you're missing the whole point on marriage. You've mi you're missing the whole point. And then Jesus defines marriage like this. Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 9. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. What therefore God, what there, so, that the two no long, so that there are no longer two but one flesh, what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. From the beginning, Jesus says a man leaves home and marries a wife. And this is Jesus' point, that they become one, one flesh. God joins them. Let no man separate. You see, the reason why Jesus speaks so strongly about marriage and the reason why marriage gets so attacked all throughout history is because marriage is a picture of our relationship with God. And when the devil can destroy that picture, he destroys our thought of what a loving God looks like. You see, marriage is a picture, as we look through the Old Testament, as Paul speaks about it in Ephesians, is a picture of Christ and the church, that's us. You see, a good marriage 
is a signpost pointing us to God. A properly functioning marriage, as described in Ephesians chapter 5, helps the world to see God and his love for people. Because in in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And then then it goes on to husbands. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Paul actually speaks more to husbands and to the call of what a loving husband is supposed to look like than he does to the wife. Because the role of the husband is so important when it comes to showing the world what Christ is like. The burden a man bears of being an example of Jesus Christ and his love for the church is huge. Is huge. You see, this relationship in marriage, it it helps us relate to God and it gives us an image, a, a metaphor, a picture, a glimpse of this divine relationship that happens. Good marriages give us a tangible picture of Jesus and his love for the church. A good marriage. And maybe some of you have seen that marriage. You, you've seen that maybe at home or you've seen that maybe it, it was a, a husband and wife. Maybe it was at school or it was people that you know in their life and you look at their marriage you're like, man, how do they make it work? And some of us have seen terrible, horrible, awful marriages that are disgusting and you look going, I don't want anything to do with that. Or we've chosen a different way of living because of, of the, the, the marriage that we've seen or the abuse that we had under the relationship of somebody else. You see, the the problem and what's wrong in our culture today and why culture fights so much about marriage and why culture says if you are not getting what you need has nothing to do with abuse. It has everything with not getting what you need or what what you have to have or or all of that or, or you're being abused and maybe it's not even abuse. It's just a matter of somebody's just not loving you like you want to be loved and all of a sudden the world says just leave them. That's your way out. You see, our culture now looks at this picture of marriage that the church that Jesus set up and says, that's ridiculous. But you know why? It's because of our failure to show what God and the church is supposed to look like. Perhaps it's because so many husbands have not accurately displayed what love really looks like. Because can you imagine if we as men actually loved radically like Jesus, why wouldn't the world want to have a relationship like that? But instead, it sees that the Christian church has a marriage success rate of 50%, just like the rest of the world. And it says, okay, then if they can't do it, why should we even try? And then as Paul speaks to husbands, he emphasizes the need of a husband to love like Jesus, to to live a life of sacrifice like Jesus, to allow your body to be a sacrifice like Jesus, that you were to love your wife as your own body. And some of us, we love our own bodies a whole lot, and we love them more than we love our wife. Always looking to do whatever's best is what Jesus calls us to do. That's what we're called to do as, as husbands. See, if we portrayed the right picture, I think things would be different. 
but we don't. And so what we struggle with is we want to feel good all the time. We want what we want. And when this picture is broken, when this picture of God and Jesus and, and the church is broken, when, when we realize that marriages are broken, all of a sudden that breaks our picture of God and us. It breaks that picture of what we are supposed to have, that relationship. We think, well, could God let me down? Could God leave me? Could God forsake me? Could God do all those things? Is God abusive? Is God mean? Is, is God ugly? Can God be nasty to me? And all of a sudden, when the picture of marriage is broken, our understanding of God's love is broken. And we not we may not understand that we may not believe that but the the reality is that's the truth when marriage gets broken in our subconscious there is a brokenness between our understanding of the amazing love of God and that's why God says I hate divorce he hates it But, you know, we so many times we don't want to hear all those things. We just want to sort of do what we want to do in our life. And we want to have our relationships how they are. We want to live our life the way we do. But we want to love Jesus because we like Jesus. We like the feeling of being forgiven. We like the feeling that he loves us. We like the feeling that he died on a cross for us. So we like those feelings, but we don't want to do any more than we really have to do. And so we sort of dance that line of just sort of living a life knowing Jesus loves me, but I mess up. So thank you for your grace on Sunday morning. See, when we live this place of only getting the bare minimum out of Jesus, then we do that in every area of our life. We do it in our marriage, we do it in our relationships, we do it in our workplaces, we just do the bare minimum. Instead of going out of our way to do more and living like Jesus. You see, this compressor, when it's full, it works great. When it's full and it's plugged in and it, all of that stuff, it, it's doing exactly what it needs to do. But you know what? When it's unplugged, remember when I did that last time it filled back up? If I were to just keep doing that, guess what's going to happen? It's going to run out of air. Because it thinks, you know, I'm good. I don't need anything else. And so many of us, we're doing that in our, in our lives, in our relationships, and we're living a, in a life that soon is going to be running empty. And what we do when, when that happens, when we use our tank, we realize, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I ran out, I ran out. And what do we do? We, 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 we get plugged back in. We're like, oh my gosh, I feel empty and I need Jesus again. And so we get plugged back in to, to allow Jesus to fill us back up real quick. We're like, Oh, Sunday morning. Thank you so much, Sunday morning, Jesus. Oh, we fill back up. We fill back up. And we just feel that goodness. And that's what we do. We get filled back up on Sunday morning and we're happy. And we're, we're, but we're unplugged the rest of the week. We're unplugged when it comes to anything else that might be filling us back up. And we wonder, why am I struggling in life? Why, why is my marriage struggling? Why, is, why am I struggling as a parent? Our vision as a church is that every life is a thriving life. But so many of us are running on empty. And this life 
A thriving life can only happen when you're plugged in. When you're plugged in. John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, But I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. See, the devil loves to creep into our lives, into our marriages, into our relationships. And he does it through so many different avenues, like, I'm not getting what I need, I'm not satisfied. I need more, I, 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 self, self, self. You see, the devil wants us to think that we can do everything on our own. The devil wants us to live an unplugged life that we might fill up with any other garbage the world has to offer. That's what the devil wants. And so we run on energy drinks. How many of you, that's where you run. You run on monsters. You run on bangs. You run on coffee, and some of you are like, don't touch my coffee. But, but no, I, I want us, and I, I get caffeine. I'm not dissing caffeine. But some of us, that's almost a God to us. Where that's our energy, that's our strength. We stay up crazy, crazy late instead of doing what's best for our bodies. Some of us, we're living unplugged in life. We're doing the very thing. We, we, we do these emergency, if you're married, you do these emergency things in marriage where you realize things are struggling. So what do you do? You panic and you go on a vacation real quick. That'll fix it. That'll, that'll fix it. You go on a date night real fast. Or, or some of you, your, your, your life is struggling. And you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I need to do? Well, it worked. My life was better when I was in church. So I'm going to go back to church for a few weeks. And so you go back, you get plugged into church. You're like, oh, Jesus doesn't want to live us, us to live a, thri- a striving life. Many of us, we're just living a striving life in our relationships, in our marriage, doing the bare minimum instead of having a thriving relationship with our spouse, a thriving relationship in our lives. And so many times when we do the bare minimum, that's why divorce happens. That's what happens. You see, when these guys were coming going, hey, so what if we want to get divorced? Like, what if it's not working out? What if, you know, I'm 40 now, and she's 40, and she definitely doesn't look like she was when she was 20. And I feel like I'm pretty good, and everybody's like, have you seen the mirror lately? You see, this same thing happens in our relationship when we put a relationship with God when we put in the bare minimum. We begin to just live on survival mode. Just doing the bare minimum when we could be thriving. The devil loves to see us striving. He loves to see a group of Christians just striving. He loves to see us just surviving every day. When we are focused on ourselves, we cannot see God. And that's what a a striving, surviving life does. As the devil gets in, He loves to steal our joy, kill our relationships, and destroy our life. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus desires to give us an abundant life, a a full life. What is an abundant life? A marriage is not, you see, marriage, so many people, we have this, we've built it up in Christian society that marriage is the pinnacle of an abundant life. No, marriage is the pinnacle of figuring out how selfish you really are. That's what marriage really does. You get married, you're like, dang, I'm selfish. 
Or you're like, dang, they're selfish. I just give, 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 give. And if you ask the other person, like, no, you're a jerk. Marriage isn't the pinnacle of anything. It's just part of life. It's a beautiful picture, but we've made it this thing that, that it's not this thing that God has for every single person, and it comes at different times. Marriage is a picture of the love of Jesus for his people. So what is this abundant life? Could, could, could it be, could a, is abundant life a life where you get good health and all the money and no troubles, no, nothing bothers you, and, and all of a sudden everything is great? And did Jesus really, for him, an abundant life is a place of comfort and convenience? Is, is that what an abundant life is when Jesus speaks about what an abundant life is? No! You see, when Jesus speaks of an abundant life, he's aware that life is not all green pastures, quiet, and peaceful times because sin is in this world. And sin wrecks it every single day, and Jesus knew this. He warns us that we will suffer. But he also says, but I'm going to send you a comforter in the Holy Spirit to get you through every single day of life. And what did he mean by that? What did he mean by fool? This abundant life is to live so close to him that we become one with him. What's crazy is the, the longer you're married, you can complete each other's sentences, you learn so much about each other, you know what each other's like, you're able to go to BlackRock and order the exact drink they want because you know. You know your spouse likes that Mexican mocha with almond milk. Not the other kinds of, all the other milks that are available today. You can milk anything. You can milk oats. You can milk almonds, goats, air, cats. But if we want to have this abundant life, we have to adopt the idea of what Jesus says life is. Life is when you empty yourself. Philippians chapter 2 speaks about this emptying. Jesus says that he left heaven to came to earth. He emptied himself that he might live this life. When we begin to imitate Jesus in our thoughts, our actions, our opinions, we realize that so much of what we pursue isn't important anymore. The more we start looking like Jesus, the more relationships start to work, the more work starts to work, the more things start to happen the way it's supposed to, the more we start to imitate and live like him. This abundant life that Jesus died to give us causes us to want to share it more. The more we're full of Jesus, the more of Jesus we want to share. That's the thing. So many of us, were filling our life with garbage, and the very thing that comes out of our life is trash, and we wonder, why am I doing terrible at school? Why am I doing terrible at work? Why is my relationship struggling? Why is my, my marriage struggling? Why is my parenting struggling? It's because you're filling your life with the wrong thing I could fill this thing I'm sure with water but guess what it'll break I could fill it with grease or paintballs or who knows I could fill it with who knows what and it'll break but the thing is the goal and the purpose of this is to allow air to come out it makes tools work fills up tires blows you off when you've got dust all over you from working hard 
You see, the more of Jesus it gets filled, or the more the air and thus, the more of Jesus it gets filled us, the more of Jesus we should be The more of Jesus we should be telling others about. So I ask you, what are you plugged into? Is it filling you or is it leaving you empty? What are you plugged into in life? Now, the goal of every Christian should be that you come empty to church every single Sunday because you've been sharing Jesus every single day. You should be coming empty at the end of the day doing, I've spent it all because I've shared Jesus. You should be empty, but you shouldn't be empty doing the wrong things. And so many of us, that's why we're empty. We're empty because we're spinning our wheels in the wrong way. When Jesus speaks on marriage and divorce here, he wants us to see this important relationship that a husband and a wife have, the, 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 this relationship of, of, of the needing of one another. He wants us to see that. Their union is this picture of connection. And divorce is a picture of, of being disconnected and being at odds against each other. And the priests, they wanted this as an excuse to say, okay, look at this. Let's break this relationship. Let's break it. Why? Why are we fine on our own? Why would we want to be on our own? Why would we want to see a broken relationship? Why would we want that? You see, so many of us, we, 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 maybe we crave that. But why? Jesus says, I hate divorce. Why? Because it ruins that picture. If we want to live an abundant life, there's a few things we need to do. The first one, is we have to realize you have a limit. You know why that stops? Because it's full. It has a limit. Your life Every day, you have a limit. But the thing is, I could unplug this, and I could use all the air, and then it'll be empty. And many of us were living that way. You have a limit. The second thing is, if we want to live an abundant life, you have to stay plugged in. Gotta stay plugged in. Because if you don't, you will hit your limit faster than you'll ever know. I know life is busy. The importance of us coming together as a church, it brings about community. It brings about a, a time and hopefully a space where we can relate and we can connect with one another. Where we can hear from the word from the Lord. Many of us are unplugged. Many of us, we get filled up and then we unplug and we think, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm broken. Have you ever been there? And you ever see those people where like they're, they're plugged in, they're going to church, they're like doing everything and all of a sudden you're like, where have you been for a month? And they're like, my life fell apart. My marriage is breaking. My, I'm, I got fired from my job and all this. And all of a sudden you're like, when did all that happen? It happened two weeks ago. I haven't seen you at church in like three months. Well, life got busy and you know, uh, anybody ever heard that story? Because I've heard that story. 
Some of the people that share that story to me, I'm like, uh, it's your fault? You unplugged from Jesus, and he's the only one that's going to help you get through every single day. Jesus knew you were going to lose your job. You didn't lose your job because you unplugged. You lost your job just because that was part of life. But he was going to give you, and he's going to help you with the next one. But you unplugged, so, so you struggle now, and you're wondering, why can't I get through each day? And you're used. You're empty. You're coming to me. You want me to fill you up right away. You want God right now to be in your life and fill you up right now. But the thing is, it takes time. I could run all this air out. I won't do that because it takes a long time to fill this thing up. But you heard. You heard how long it takes if I just do a couple. It's the same with our life. Stay plugged in. The third thing is, the more we trust God, the larger our capacity to live an abundant life. You see, compressors come in all sizes. This is a tiny one. This really is not meant for tools. This one is really meant for like filling up tires, doing quick jobs. It's, it's just a quick one. There's compressors. I had one when I worked construction. I was a welder. We had a compressor that was, it was as big as me. It was on the back of my truck. It's so that I could hang gates and, and use power tools and drills and grinders and run saws and all that different kinds of stuff that I, I needed to do. Or not run saws. Saws don't run, but power tools and all that. And it, um, it was huge. You see, the more we trust God, the more we rely upon God, the more we walk with God, the more we're closer to God, our tanks get bigger and bigger, and we can go through bigger storms. We can go through these hard things in life because our trusting in him has grown. Some of you may look at your life going, man, if this happened to me when I was 20, there's no way I'd be able to walk in this. It's because at a young age, we start with smaller faith. The more we trust God, the larger our faith expands but it also means the more that we have to come out. So I ask you my third, how many points do I have? One, two, three. My fourth one, I ask you this. This compressor is only as good as it's being used. Some of us, we are sitting in our garages getting dirty. We're full we're plugged in. We have air to the max. Our compressor's going, please use me. It's so tight. You are getting so full on Jesus. You are to your capacity. You're sitting here every Sunday going, man, I'm full. I love God. But you're worthless because you're not being used. This compressor you know, imagine if you walk a guy, if a dude walks through, hey, what is that? That's a compressor. What do you use it for? Oh, man, I don't use it. Why do you have it? Oh, every guy should have a compressor. That's what you do. You're a dude. You have compressors. You, you make sure you got to have all the different tools. You gotta, do you use them? Oh, no, 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 no. They look super organized. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course they are. You come to my garage. My garage. It's not organized. But many of us, we are Christians just like that. We come every Sunday, and we're full. And not just here. It's every church. The statistics say that only 20% of the church serves and gives. 20%. The church runs on 20% of its people. Jesus didn't say when he said, hey, you know what, let me use you, use you to abundant. He didn't say, let me use you, and let me use 20% of you. 
So I ask you, how are you being used? Many of you are full, and God has so much to pour out of you. God has so much to do in and through you. So I ask you, what's your next step here at City View Church? You're like, oh, he's going to put the service on me. Well, I am. I am because I know that it will bless you. I know it. My son, I get to watch my kids serving. My youngest, or my middle son, he, he's the one, he's part of our usher team now. I get to watch him serve. Let me tell you, that's encouraging as a dad. I get to watch my oldest son serve. He's not serving today, but he's on the lights usually. He, today he's like, Dad, I actually have a day off. He's been looking forward to that. My youngest son, when he gets out of elementary school and he's in junior high, he will serve. Because I know in the end, what they learn is that life is so much more than ourselves. It's about Jesus. It's about serving others. So my question is, how are you being used? And if you want to know your next step, go to the tent outside and say, you know what? Can I hear more about what it would look like to serve at City View? And the last and final thing, and possibly the most important, is take time to pause and fill up. You see, what would happen with this compressor is if I just used all the air, I don't know how many of you have ever used a compressor before, but because every compressor has a limit, I could use all the air in this compressor and empty it totally out. And you know what happens when you're running tools and the compressor runs out? Your tool stops to work. And some of you, that's where you're at right now. Where you've been going, 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 and you're empty. And you need to just sometimes just sit at the feet of Jesus and be filled. Allow him to fill you. Pause long enough to hear his voice. Pause long enough to allow his Holy Spirit to come upon you and and give you his grace. You see, all of these points work perfect in a marriage. You, on your own, have a limit without Jesus Christ. And if you unplug from your marriage, your marriage will run out. And if you are not living and trusting each other, then you know what? If you are constantly doubting one another in your marriage, all of a sudden, your abundant marriage is suffocating. If you are not looking at ways of serving one another and out serving your spouse, your marriage starts to fall apart. If you don't take time in your marriage to pause, just pause as a couple. My wife and I, we're purposeful on date nights. We are like, this past couple weeks, we, it's been crazy because we've been doing Build Your Legacy events every weekend. So we're like, okay, when's our next date night? So we're already planning it for Friday. And sometimes a date night is going to Joe's Taco Truck if you haven't been there, you, you need to try those dip tacos and cheese. It's, they're healthy because um, you're on a date night. And then we go to Handles and get ice cream. <sighs> Jesus is good. Sometimes that's a date night. It's not, we don't get all dressed up. But it's pausing long enough 
to connect. And those same truths about marriage are the same with us and God. Same with us and God. We've got to, we know we have our limit. We've got to stay plugged in. If we want an abundant life, we've got to trust him. How are we allowing him to use us? And have we paused with him lately? Remember Jesus says this, the thief, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil's plan. But Jesus, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. So, here it is. An abundant life is only found when you are plugged in. So get plugged in. Get plugged in. Abundant life is only found in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, some of us, we have come today and we are empty. We are empty as can be. And we need to be filled. So Jesus, I ask that you would fill us. Lord, some of us, we've come today and we're fat. We are spiritually fat. And we have so much to pour out. We think we're tired and we're exhausted, but we don't realize that, Jesus, that's from being too full sometimes. So Jesus, I ask that you would help us know where we could be used by you. Jesus, some of us, we need to pause. We just need to pause for a minute and just allow you and your Holy Spirit to refresh us. Some of us, Lord, we've been unplugged our whole life. And we are going, 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 and we've never been full of you. And Jesus, if that's where we sit today, if we are at a place of, of just having nothing to do with you, but we realize we need you, speak that to our hearts. And some of you right now, you're, you're sitting in here and you realize that the reason why you feel empty, the reason why you feel lost, the re reason why you feel all those things is because you've actually never been plugged into Jesus. You've never given your life to him. You've never said, Jesus, I want to follow you. You see, this being plugged, it's not a, being plugged, it's not about a religion. It's not about making sure you do all the right things. It's about being plugged into Jesus and realizing his grace covers you. His love is for you. He wants to fill you with endless amounts of him. Some of you, that's what you need today is you need to say, you know what? I surrender. And if that's you, I ask that you pray with me. And if you are a believer in Jesus right now, I ask that you pray for those around you because I'm sure there's somebody in here who needs to give their life to Jesus, who needs to get plugged in. So I ask you that you would plead on their behalf that God would move in their hearts because God desires all to be saved, all to come into the a knowledge of who he is and how much he loves them. Because Jesus loves you. So if you want to make that step and follow Jesus on this adventure we call life, and join him and join this family of 
hot mess group of people we call Christians. Far from perfect. We're perfectly imperfect is what we are. We're perfectly a hot mess, but man, Jesus loves messy people. If that's you, if you want to get plugged into Jesus, pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. And Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me. And Jesus, help me live for you. I want to be plugged into you. I want to be filled with you and not of myself. So God, I surrender. I give you my life. Help me to follow you now. If you guys would, please keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed. If you prayed with me today, would you raise your hands? I have a gift for you. And my, my, some people on my team are going to hand you a gift. If you prayed, would you please raise your hand so I can give that to you? Just raise your hand. some people right here. Anybody else? Lord, you see our hearts. You know our hearts. And Jesus, we all need to be filled with you. So as we sing this last song, may it be refreshing to our soul and a reconnecting to you. Amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click the follow button and tune in next week for another great message.